This weekend marks the 50th anniversary of the death of the great English novelist J.R.R. Tolkien. His life spanned the final years of the 19th century and more than the first half of the 20th century. And so in his lifetime he experienced the horrendous vista of two consecutive world wars which unleashed upon humanity destruction, evil and death, the likes of which recorded history had never seen. But even though the world in which he lived seemed in many ways to be unravelling at the seams, Tolkien was a man of faith, and certainly that faith perspective must have been the lenses through which he viewed the world around him, as it certainly seemed to be woven into the imaginative visions which unfolded in his written works, most famous among those being The Lord of the Rings. In one of his letters, Tolkien remarked, I am a Christian, so I do not expect history to be anything but a long defeat, though it contains some samples or glimpses of final victory. History as a long defeat sounds a bit pessimistic, especially when in the modern world of his day and ours, we tend to think that as time passes, things tend to get better. In our modern mindset, all progress is automatically considered good and positive, that as time passes, things are going to get better and better. But is that actually the case? When Tolkien died in 1973, mankind's progress had brought us to the point where we had invented weapons that could wipe out every one of us off the face of the earth. No, a look at history shows that things don't always go from good to better to best. Sometimes, often maybe, things take a turn very much for the worse. This is the way things are and how precarious is our standing at any moment in human history. The concept of the long defeat might sound negative if we forget that Tolkien was a man of Christian faith, a Catholic, and therefore he was a man who had Christian hope, not optimism, which sees how bad things are and chooses to think positively about the possible outcomes, but hope, which sees how bad things are and could get, and still remembers that God has not nor never will let go of the reins of human history. The man or woman of faith can see as clearly as anyone else that a lot of things are unravelling in our world these days, but Jesus is still Lord, and he holds all times and seasons, the bad as well as the good, in the palm of his hands. In the midst of the greatest woes, the Christian has hope, holds out for the promised victory. For living life fighting the long defeat is not in any way the same as fighting a losing battle. In the Gospel this Sunday, Jesus speaks of his suffering and death and resurrection, and it shakes Peter to his core. All Peter has heard of the words suffer, 
and death referring to Jesus. And it's as though that these realities have made him unable to hear the Lord's clear mention of rising again. Heaven forbid that these things should happen to you, Lord. And he gets a strong rebuke from Jesus because his mindset is too narrow, too worldly, not the mind of God. And Peter doesn't understand, how could he? He doesn't understand how defeat can be a victory, how Jesus' suffering and death could be a victory. Only much later, and with the light of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, will Peter understand what Jesus will say to the men on the road to Emmaus on Easter Sunday evening. Was it not ordained, was it not God's will, that the Christ must suffer? This is the wisdom of the cross, that the instrument of defeat becomes the cause of victory. All of that paradox is bound up in some way in Tolkien's phrase, the long defeat. In the first reading today, we have the lament of the prophet Jeremiah. He was called to the office of being a prophet as a young man, maybe even in his teenage years. And his whole career as a prophet unfolded in a time of enormous upheaval and turmoil and crisis for Judah and for the capital city, Jerusalem. Of all the prophets, perhaps Jeremiah had the hardest task because God called him to deliver a message that was hard and sometimes even harsh. The nation had very much walked away from God's path, from royalty to priests to peasants. Much of the population had stopped practicing their faith fully or had begun to worship false gods. The Babylonian Empire was on the prowl and the Kingdom of Judah was very much in its sights. And into that difficult period, Jeremiah was called to speak God's word. But much of what God had to say was not sweetness and light. It was, in part, a call to repentance, but often it was a declaration that disaster was upon them and that there was no way forward except accept their defeat, accept that Jerusalem would be destroyed and that the people would be brought into exile. Jeremiah's message was about as welcome in Jerusalem as an outbreak of the plague. The people could have used a consoling word from God, but all they got from Jeremiah was violence and ruination prophesied. And people didn't take kindly to him. Jeremiah was not too popular, to say the least. Insults, derision, imprisonment and intimidation is what he received as a reward for honestly passing on God's word and warning to the people. If there ever was a candidate for a prophet of doom, then Jeremiah was your man. And he's paying a heavy price for it, hence his lament with God. And once he gets it all off his chest, he's back on track, prophet of doom again. Although it wasn't all doom and gloom, yes, defeat and destruction of the nation was imminent, but Jeremiah delivered a few glimmers of hope too from the Lord, prophesying to those carried off into exile in Babylon that a day would come when the Lord would bring them and their children back to Jerusalem. They were going to be a defeated people, yes, 
but God would still bring them through it and onward towards victory. From a global point of view, the world and the church are not looking like they're in too good of a shape right now. Wars, tensions, factions, infighting, death, destruction, disasters. Watching the news too much these days, you might be forgiven for concluding that there is no good news whatsoever. You don't need me to be a Jeremiah to you to say that things aren't great right now. And maybe a little less global, at the more local or even personal level, maybe life is unravelling for some of us right now. Maybe we feel like we are going not from strength to strength, but from hard place to even harder place. Maybe you and I are feeling that we are undergoing that long defeat, beset by a difficulty that seems to have plagued us for so long that it threatens to suck all the goodness, light and joy out of our lives. How could all the bad stuff we're dealing with possibly turn out well? But do not forget that we must be people of hope. We must have hope. We must ask the Holy Spirit to fan into a flame in us that fire of hope and the light that it gives. The most hope-filled character in Tolkien's great epic, The Lord of the Rings, is, I think, Samwise, the loyal friend of the main character, Frodo. In a particularly tight spot, when things were just going from bad to worse for them on their quest, Sam has this to say. It's like in the great stories, Mr. Frodo, the ones that really mattered. Full of darkness and danger they were, and sometimes you didn't want to know the end because how could the end be happy? How could the world go back to the way it was when so much bad had happened? But in the end... It's only a passing thing, this shadow. Even darkness must pass. Even darkness must pass. I cannot give you a clear, concise, mathematical answer as to why the problems that beset you are upon you. Bad things, sometimes really bad things, happen to really good people. I don't have an easy answer to that. But in a certain way, I do. The answer is not a homily or a speech that might inspire you. The answer is a person, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, who says to us in his good news, In the world you will have trouble, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. In the world you will have trouble, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Jesus who tells us in today's gospel, if you want to be a follower of mine, you're going to have to take up the cross, as hard and as burdensome and as awful as that sounds, and walk then in step with me. And in doing that, in picking up our cross daily, we find that he is with us every step of the way, even and especially in those places where the way is hardest and darkest. Jesus chose for himself a hard and dark way, the way of the cross, in order to save humanity, to save you and me. 
Peter didn't understand. Was there another way? Yes, Jesus could have done it any other way he chose. But was there a better way? Was there a better way than the way, the hard, dark way of the cross? No. The way of the cross for Jesus was the best way that he could bring about the best result for us. Victory over sin, death and all the powers of hell for you and for me, won by Jesus on the cross. Darkness must pass. In the end, it's only a passing thing, this shadow, this difficulty, this hardship. Yes, we may feel like we are in the long defeat, but remember, the long defeat leads towards victory.